Tonight on Sudos America, Sarah Gonzalez is here to share the left's most recent attempt to silence her. Donald Trump's polling continues to dominate over Joe Biden's got the latest on that. And who knew bold and public anti-Semitism would be unpopular? Huh? Who knew? It's not even 1930s Germany and that's still happening. We'll get to all of it in just a minute, but it's time first to tell you about Fox and Odin Craft American Whiskey. You got a bottle of it right here. Yes, it's the holiday season. Thanksgiving's over. Christmas is on the way. And that means it's time to settle in your favorite chair, kick your feet up near the fireplace, and have a glass of Fox and Odin whiskey. I was just talking to a little whiskey aficionado I'm uh, friends with. And, like, I look, I'll have a great glass of whiskey. I'll love it. I don't know all the nuances of, uh, of what's great whiskey and what's not great whiskey. I was talking to him. He's like, oh, my God, Fox and Odin. This is the stuff you have to have. This is, this is going to make your holiday very, very special. Fox and Odin whiskeys are created to honor the wild beauty around us. You know, I'm not, I'm more of an indoorsy guy than an outdoorsy guy, but I can feel like an outdoorsy guy with Fox and Odin. Yes, perfectly blended spirits complement a wonderful view, whether it's a warm fire, maybe a shared meal, maybe packages wrapped in ribbon under the tree, or maybe it's just, I don't know, your feet and then a television screen behind the feet as they're kicked up on, uh, I don't know, your coffee table. However you celebrate, celebrate it to the fullest with double gold award-winning Fox and Odin Craft American Whiskey. Taste the spirit of the holidays today. Buy it online, ship it to your door, foxandodin.com, foxandodin.com, a fantastic gift. For the holidays, the promo code is Stu and save 30% off that fantastic gift. Right now at foxandodin.com, the code is Stu. You get free shipping on all orders. Please drink responsibly. Stu does America. Ah, yes. Tonight, we start by doing the university elite backlash. And it's so sad. It's happening to the university elites, uh, what a, what a ter terrible, terrible thing. We want only the best for them. They've done so much for us. Penn's leadership is resigning among controversy controversies over anti-Semitism. This is uh, a bit of a conundrum. Uh, now, I want to, because this is a big deal. It's a really big deal. We played the clips for you, I think, last week, uh, where we went through all their testimony with Elise Stefanik, and what a bizarre situation. I mean, it's one of the most bizarre things I've ever seen. It's pr it should be easy to say the words, yeah, I don't think all the Jews should be killed, and we think people who say that are bad, maybe against our code of conduct. It wasn't a hard question. It was, uh, to be honest, no offense to Elise Stefanik, who I think did a great job here, but to be honest, it's a softball. It's the easiest thing in the world. You should be able to say, yeah, I think this is bad. Uh, yes, this is against our code of conduct. This is terrible, terrible, uh, an awful thing. They couldn't even bring themselves to do that. Let me bring it back to uh, this clip. This is the uh, University of uh, Penn, um, uh, the, her, uh, the head of the, of the university, or at least the former head of the university, uh, under questioning by Congress about what their code of conduct allows and doesn't allow. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's rules or code of conduct? Yes or no? If the speech turns into conduct, it can be harassment. Yes. I am asking, specifically calling for the genocide of Jews, does that constitute bullying or harassment? If it is directed and severe or pervasive, it is harassment. So the answer is yes. 
It is a context-dependent decision, Congresswoman. It's a context-dependent decision. That's your testimony today. Calling for the genocide of Jews is depending upon the context. That is not bullying or harassment. This is the easiest question to answer yes, Ms. McGill. So is your if testimony it, that it, you will not answer yes? If it uh, is, if the, yes speech or becomes, no. if the speech becomes conduct, it can be harassment, yes. Conduct meaning committing the act of genocide? The speech is not harassment? This is unacceptable, Ms. McGill. I'm gonna give you one more opportunity for the world to see your answer. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Penn's code of conduct when it comes to bullying and harassment? Yes or no? It can be harassment. The answer is yes. Ah, that is just one of the most uncomfortable things I've ever seen. Just, of course, the answer to that is yes. So obviously it should be yes, at least, or your code of conduct sucks. Now I remind you, the code of conduct is just like, the rules the university is making up, these are not legal rules. We're not talking about the First Amendment here. We're talking about the rules made up by the university, which, of course, at many times wind up going after and biting people who've done nothing wrong whatsoever. These are fantasy league rules, like you're running your own little country. You make up all your own little rules. If you want to call the uh, people who call the genocide for the genocide of Jews, uh, you know, violators of your code of conduct, that's easy to do. You made up all the rules. They don't want to do that for some very creepy reason. And apparently, to actually violate the code of conduct, you have to actually commit genocide, which I will say uh, is uh, suboptimal. Uh, I mean, it might be a little late for the university's rules to come to the rescue at that point. And by the way, genocide already illegal, so we don't really need that. Um, and I will also point out that it is actually impossible uh, for genocide to become a, an issue here under the code of conduct of these universities, seemingly, because one of them was saying, oh, well, it's an individual thing. So I, I don't even understand. You can't have an individual crime of genocide. It has to be a group of people by definition. So I guess never. Genocide will never be a problem to these universities. You got to love the little smirk on her face, too. Now, I mean, this is before she had to step down. That little smirk. It's like, ah, oh, we all know the truth here. We all know you're a Republican. You got to come after, get your donors going. We got it. You simpletons, of course, are just going to tell us that oh, we can't discuss Jewish genocide. Oh, come on now. We all know that we can. No, I don't think that we can. And, and the simpletons apparently are striking back because now she no longer has a gig. Of course, there's more to it than that. She's trying to back. Let me give you a little bit of her attempting to backtrack on this. It wasn't exactly impressive. There was a moment during yesterday's congressional hearing on anti-Semitism when I was asked if a call for the genocide of Jewish people on our campus would violate our policies. In that moment, I was focused on our uh -oh. university's longstanding policies smirk? aligned with the U.S. Constitution, which say that speech alone is not punishable. Mm. I was not focused on, but I should have been. The irrefutable fact that a call for genocide of Jewish people is a call for some of the most terrible violence human beings can perpetrate. You didn't think of that it's when you heard evil, the word genocide? Plain and simple. I mean, she's right in all of this, of course. I want to be clear. A call for genocide of Jewish people is threatening, deeply so. It is intentionally meant to terrify a people who have been subjected to pogroms and hatred for centuries. Mm -hmm. 
and the, were that's the why she was asking you about it. genocide in the Holocaust. All right, that's enough. I mean, you, so you get the point. She's she said there what she should have just said at the hearing, right? Like, but uh, did not work out. Unfortunately, she did did not get her uh, her gig to hold on to. And the question is, is there going to be more of this? Uh, if you remember, uh, the head of MIT also had an issue answering uh, this question. Watch, Dr. Kornbluth. Does M at MIT, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate MIT's code of conduct or rules regarding bullying and harassment? Yes or no? If targeted at individuals not making public statements. Yes or no? Calling for the genocide of Jews does have, not constitute bullying and harassment? I have not heard calling for the genocide for Jews on our campus. But you've heard chants for intifada. I've heard chants, which can be anti-Semitic depending on the context when calling for the elimination of the Jewish people. So those would not be according to the MIT's code of conduct or rules? That would be um, investigated as harassment if pervasive and severe. It's not just MIT, it's Harvard as well. Harvard president faces pressure now to resign. Some faculty are sticking uh, by her. If you don't remember the Harvard situation, here is Dr. Gay at Harvard. And Dr. Gay, at Harvard, does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment, yes or no? It can be, depending on the context. What's the context? Targeted as an individual. Targeted as, at an individual. It's targeted at Jewish students, Jewish individuals. Do you understand your testimony is dehumanizing them? Do you understand that dehumanization is part of anti-Semitism? I will ask you one more time. Does calling for the genocide of Jews violate Harvard's rules of bullying and harassment? Yes or no? Anti-Semitic rhetoric. When it and is it anti-Semitic rhetoric? Anti-Semitic rhetoric when it crosses into conduct that amounts to bullying, harassment, intimidation. That is actionable conduct, and we do take action. No, you don't. So the answer is yes that calling for the genocide of Jews violates Harvard Code of Conduct, correct? Again, it depends on the context. It does not depend on the context. The answer is yes, and this is why you should resign. These are unacceptable answers across the board. Look, I don't know what you think of Elise Stefanik, and you might not like some of her policies, you might not like some of the things she says, but she completely nailed this. The fact, like, I would, if I was in Congress and, and you know, some of my staff came to me, you got to ask her if they think, uh, you got to ask her if they think, uh, you know, calling for the genocide of Jews violates their code of conduct. I would be like, oh, I, that's the dumbest question in the world. Of course, they're just going to say yes. It's going to be easy for them. We're giving them an out. It's too easy. It's a softball. And yet they couldn't do it. They couldn't do it. It's absolutely incredible. Uh, Stefanik is now saying one down two to go, uh, which may very well happen. Now, you might see this and say, okay, absolutely ridiculous. This is mockable stuff, right? Like these university presidents won't do this. This has got to be hilarious. But SNL agreed with you it's mockable, but not for the same reasons. What SNL decided to do was mock Stefanik for, I guess, the way she talked when she was asking the questions about anti-Semitism. And while we've been talking a lot about crimes against humanity, um, I don't know that there's a bigger one on the program that we're going to unleash than this video because it is the least funny thing I've ever seen. It is a crime against humanity and it's a crime against comedy generally. Watch. 
Thank you, chairwoman. Now, I'm gonna start screaming questions at these women like I'm Billy Eichner. <laughs> Anti-Semitism, yay or nay? I'm sorry, what? Yes or no is calling for the genocide of Jews against the code of conduct for Harvard. Well, it depends on the context. <gasps> what? <laughs> that can't be your answer, you pen lady. Same question, yes or no? Well, we are serious about stopping all forms of hatred, anti-Semitism, Islamophobia. The second one, MIT lady, chance to steal. And keep in mind, if you don't say yes, you're going to make me look good, which is really, really hard to do. So I'll ask you straight up. Do you think genocide is bad? Could I submit an answer in writing at a later date? Am I winning this hearing? <laughs> Somebody pinch me. <laughs> Ms. Stefanik, your time is up. Oh, okay, thank stop. God. I, I, I'm sorry for showing that to you. That was horrible. I, I cannot, it's impossible to describe how unfunny that is. But the one time the audience laughed was when the UPenn lady just said, uh, I think it was the UPenn lady, yeah, uh, said, oh, well, I'll have to submit an answer in writing. In other words, how are you trying to avoid that very easy question? Like, the audience wasn't going along with it. They didn't think that her impersonation of someone who's trying to get to the bottom of anti-Semitism was all that funny. It's kind of understandable, right? I feel like for average people, that's the way it goes. Now, of course, politics is kicking in. Jamie Raskin is asking how Stefanik can question anyone about anti-Semitism when she supports Donald Trump. Because every freaking story we ever do has to come back to this one person. It's, it's an amazing superpower Donald Trump has, but apparently we have to talk about him no matter what. He had nothing to do with the story whatsoever, but we have to talk about him anyway. Reports of anti-Semitism and anti-Arab and anti-Muslim bias are continuing to surge across the U.S. Uh, that's what, according to the ADL, of course, obviously this is also happening uh, with anti-Semitic attacks. And that stuff doesn't get as much pub, uh, really, as, as the other one. They get mocked on Saturday Night Live for even claiming that it's going on. Even though we also have a poll today that one in five young Americans think the Holocaust was a myth. You know, look, the Internet has brought some good things. OK, it's also brought a lot of bad ones. And we are kind of at that point now where we're looking at everything that's happening in our society. And it, it seems like the younger the people are, the more they're affected by the Internet and the more they're wrong about stuff. Now, look, young people, one of the most central relationships between youth and something else is youth and stupidity. We all know we grow up and we don't even know how to feed ourselves at the beginning, right? We get smarter as we get older. At some point that, I don't know, maybe that starts to reverse. If you have uh, some aging, I mean, look at Joe Biden. It's certainly possible. But in theory, you're supposed to gain wisdom as you age. And the fact that our country is now, our future is designated by people who are learning stuff from TikTok is really a problem, and it's going to get uglier. Um, uh, Bill Maher, by the way, wanted to talk about this a little bit. He was on his show. And, I mean, this is a big issue. I, you know, like, I get a little upset. You've heard me make this rant a million times about how annoying it is that we only fo focus on universities and we don't focus enough on K-12, to which I think is arguably more important. But at our elite universities, these are the people getting leadership roles in our country. And they're educated by these types of crazy uh, people. It's, it's, it's insane. Here's, here's Bill Maher. Calling for the genocide of Jews. One of them, I think it was the Penn person, said, I've not heard that. Mm -hmm. In other words, how explicit is it? Because when I break down the phrases that I hear, first yeah. there's the 
Intifada. There are yeah. a lot of people who say you shouldn't say that. I disagree. Yeah. Free speech. Yeah. Intifada. That's one of those vague terms like jihad. It probably means violence. But you know what? It's just <laughs> uprising. <laughs> whatever. Give you the better. Okay. Then there's from the river to the sea. Yep. Okay. That's a little more genocide-y, but you know. <laughs> Let's give the benefit of the doubt. Could be, well, we just want the Jews to move, not die. <laughs> and then there's a phrase, by any means necessary. Yeah. Okay, now, now I'm kind of peeing my pants. Yeah. <laughs> right, and I'm not even Jewish. You know, we're going to get this uh, from the left. They're going to say, oh, cancel culture. You, you've, the whole time you've been saying, uh, you could cancel culture. You didn't like cancel culture, and here you are trying to get these people fired. Well, there are lines to this. There's always been lines to this. You know, if these universities had this blanket free speech policy that you could just say whatever you wanted, whatever you wanted, this would still be over the line, calling for the genocide of, of Jews. But, like, you can make arguments of, <clears throat> you know, uh, uh, all sorts of things when it comes to the Middle East, and people do. Uh, I can deal with basically all of it. You know, I think usually calls for genocide are over almost any line. I thought we kind of all understood that. There's always been stuff that has been outside uh, what's acceptable public discourse, right? Like, I mean, you know, like the, you're not going to get necessarily um, encourage KKK members uh, from, uh, you know, talking about wanting to hang black people. That's really bad. Uh, we don't want that in our universities. But of course, our universities would never put up with that either. The second someone says, like, it, they call them microaggressions and people get thrown out of campus all the time for them. Just little rants, somewhat uh, 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 controversial statements, offensive jokes, basic things people get tossed off cam campus for. And yet we're supposed to believe this is the bastion of free speech. If it was, well, then maybe you could let some of this fly, not all of it. But universities are doing the exact opposite. We used to be a place that said, hey, look, everything will fly except, you know, calling for genocide of the Jews. That would be really over the line. We've now reversed it where nothing will fly except calling for the genocide of the Jews. How the hell did we get there? And we seem to go down these dark roads over and over and over and over again. Um, if this was consistent in its enforcement, there might be some sympathy you could have for universities, but it's not. It's not. This is just craziness. And, you know, I will say, no... You don't ban protests. If you can give someone the benefit of the doubt that they're not trying for, for calling for violence, I think most of the time you do that. You should also, though, believe people when they say things. When it's not just um, uh, speaking about violence, but it's trapping people in libraries and harassing them and calling them and painting swastikas on their houses. These are all things that are blatantly obvious. And this is not genocide. They're not committing the genocide, but they're begging for it to occur. That's frightening, and it's something that is going on in our country. And if we don't take it seriously, especially at these elite institutions, it's going to manifest itself really, really fast. It already has. That's the thing that's crazy about this. We all knew there's crazy leanings in these elite universities. And we want to say, well, they're just those people. Don't send your kids there. Fine. Some of that's okay. But at the end of the day, when these organizations are the ones funding uh, uh, all sorts of crazy speech, crazy uh, uh, education policies. And then those people are graduating those universities and going into the Supreme Court and becoming lawyers and governors and senators. When that's happening, you better call this stuff out. And I hope it's not going to be up to us to do it. We've already been doing it. No one, no one cares what we think. The left needs to do it. If you're in the left, you need to do it. You need to pressure them. You need to do something about this. Because if nothing's done, I think we're starting to see what road this is going down. 
Undertack! Undertack is not a superhero, although it sounds like a superhero. It is actually your, uh, it's gonna be the new boxers that you have in your top drawer. They are made of modal, and this is like kinda like cotton, but better. It's 50% more moisture wicking, antibacterial, and it's way softer than cotton. And Undertack stays in place with a sturdy, yet comfortable, extra wide waistband that has a brilliantly straightforward fly design. Undertack is durable, uh, ultra light, it is fade resistant, it is shrink resistant. I mean, fade resistant is interesting. Are you out in the sun a lot in your underwear? I mean, it's okay. I'm not, I'm not judging you. I'm just, I'm just curious. Uh, if there's 25% less uh, expensive than, I don't know, some of these other brands, would that get you interested? You're going to want to fill your drawers with this stuff because if that uh, isn't enough, they're going to donate a portion of their profits to organizations actively fighting against human trafficking, which is another thing I thought we used to all agree on, but now who knows. Pick up a drawer full of these drawers today. Head to undertack.com. Use the code STU20 for 20% off site-wide. Great uh, Christmas present as well for yourself, for someone else. Ex exceptional comfort, twice the guarantee at a fraction of the price. The promo code is STU20 for 20% off site-wide at undertack.com. Is undertack.com. I'm joined once again by Sarah Gonzalez, host of the News and Why It Matters right here on Blaze TV. Uh, Sarah, as you know, this, sh this show is, is like yours, is on Blaze TV. Yeah. Um, this show also is on YouTube, and I'd like to theoretically keep it on YouTube for mm -hmm. at least to the end of the interview. So try to okay. keep anything that's going to get me thrown <clears throat> off toward the end of the interview, if you okay. could. Okay. Just to, if you do understand. Yeah, okay. yeah. Um, you have a piece out <laughs> for theblaze.com. Determined to censor my channel. Sarah Gonzalez takes aim at YouTube for censoring channel after questioning transgenderism. Mm. And uh, I want to get into the specifics of, of what... I won't do that to you. You won't do that? No, I... I, I, I did just get a ding for another one of my guests who came on and said something about global warming. They're like, how... Oh, like, I didn't no. even say it. I didn't even agree with it. I, like, I mean, I did agree with it in some ways, but like, right. I also didn't like endorse it. Right. I was like, this is the truth, people. Like, I didn't even say that. I was just like, well, so that's interesting. And they gave me a strike for it. You uh, wow. kind of walk us through what happened here. Carefully. Yes, okay. as carefully as you want. I, I actually care if I get kicked off of YouTube. So just tell, tell the story as you want. Okay, so um, I did a show. Well, let me start back in April. In April... Uh, my entire channel was completely demonetized. It was at the same time that they demonetized Matt Walsh's channel, mm -hmm. and also, uh, I believe Tim Pool was another one, that they clearly were flagging conservative content. The three of us usually talk about the issue, you know, the topic of transgender, mm -hmm. uh, whether it be sports or, you know, um, children it's or whatever. It's a big issue. It's a huge issue. It was asked about in the presidential debates. Exactly. Right. So, um, but, so... I've been demonetized this entire time. We've been working to try to get the channel monetized again, but you've got to, you know, you've got to wait a certain amount of time and then you've got a bunch of hoops that you're supposed to jump through. And then we have to go back and make sure that the channel is, you know, uh, like good with all of the guidelines, but they don't tell you what videos are offending. So you That's just have fun. to go back through and be like, I guess maybe this video could have been bad. I guess maybe. So we ended up deleting I mean, I think over a hundred, a bunch of videos wow. on my channel just to be in compliance so that we could remonetize the channel. Well, that's part of your business too. Like, I yeah. mean, it's just like, you know, you, people are like, well, well they don't, don't monetize it. It's like, well, they're paying our salaries. Right. Like they have to pay right. everyone's salary here. Right. This is one of the ways that you make money. So we make all of it available on Blaze TV. Yes. Subscribe, blazetv.com slash stew, promo code is stew. Um, and then we give as much as we can free, as much as they'll allow exactly. on, the, on their platforms. Exactly. So, um, 
So we had been trying to make sure that we were in compliance with everything so that we could get remonetized. And by the way, the view count changed when I went demonetized. All of a sudden, the view count was way lower. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm sure everything is just a coincidence here. So And to that that point, they build on each other, right? They say you're demonetized. And then another part of the algorithm that says, if a channel is demonetized, you should throttle it down because obviously it must be bad. And these things just get on top of each other right. over then it's like well if a if a channel isn't getting lots of views, don't recommend it to more exactly. people and it goes exactly. on and on and on and on. Exactly, exactly. So um we were just we had already reapplied for monetization and we were waiting on the answer to that. And then conveniently as we were just about to get remonetized, they decided to give my channel a strike for questioning um a certain aspect of transgenderism. I, I'm sorry. We have to talk about what you what you what you questioned because it's not even a point against transgenderism. It is just a point of almost linguistics. Literally. What do these terms mean? That's all you were asking. Listen, if you are going to tell me there's 95 genders, I need to understand what they all are. Right. I want to understand so that I can respect you. There you okay? go. Mm-hmm. So it was a show back in October that we did, and it, we were discussing the first NBA referee who was non-binary transgender. I have some questions. Again, I'm, gonna, I'm trying real hard. I have some <laughs> questions. Yes. <laughs> if you don't accept the binary choice... How can you be trans? Right. And that is not even a, again, that's not a question against transgenderism even. Like, you certainly have asked lots of very valid questions about the topic. But this one isn't even one. You're just saying, wait, I thought non-binary meant you did not accept the binary choice between two genders. Right. But transgender seemingly has meant for a while you're going from male to female. And if that's true, you have to except the binary. Right. Right? Right? Maybe not. And if not, tell us. But I think I'm fascinated by this. That's why I'm like, okay, I want I want it to make sense (laughs) from point A to point B. I just want to understand it so I know what I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. And you can't ask questions. No, you can't. You cannot ask questions. If something doesn't make sense to you, you must be the dumb one. You're also intolerant and a hateful bigot. And so that is, I guess, hate speech to ask what these terms, which didn't exist until five minutes ago, actually mean. Right. And it's like... I feel like with these topics, you have to be able to go deep and talk about the most controversial aspects of them. That's how a society deals with Mm -hmm. something new. And when you're when you can't even get to the point where you can define the terms so that you can talk about them, they are going after you at your core. They're going after your business. They're going after your livelihood. They're going after your reputation. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've sullied Sarah Gonzalez and her reputation on YouTube. Some people have Defamation. thought yeah, that might be a good idea. Um, and this kind of brings me to the Tucker Carlson thing from today where he announces he's going to do his own streaming network. And like, I feel like this is different than like McDonald's. Like if McDonald's says, oh, there's a Burger King opening down the street, they might be like, oh, we don't want that Burger King there. Yeah. I feel like with conservative media, like we have a lot of friends in conservative media. I know you do as well. Like I like that there's more voices. I, I like that there's more outlets for conservative media. We need them. Yeah. Uh, and I'm glad Tucker is starting this up. How did you feel about that? I mean, is this our last uh, bastion at this point? Yes. Um, listen, I agree with you that we need more voices and not less. I'm not going to lie. I did want Tucker to join Blaze. Yeah, that would have been great. I, I, I was like, 
okay, if we can just get him over here and then he can come on all our shows and we mm-hmm. can, but all kidding aside, I, I do think that it's the right call for him personally. And I do think that, I mean, as we're seeing with YouTube, which I know everyone says get on Rumble, but like that's not the only answer. Um, yeah, it can be part so, of it. Right, that, that can be part of it, but that's not the only answer. And I think the more platforms that we have built that are untouchable, to the left, I think the better, because they clearly want to censor us out of existence. They want to censor us out of existence. They don't want you and I to be able to feed our families doing what we do. They want to completely ruin us for having a different viewpoint and sharing that viewpoint with others because we then might inspire someone else to ask questions, and they don't want that. So I think the more places that we have, you know, the better. And I, uh, here's, here's my, only, um, my only critique of that that I'll say is that I do understand that it is coming at kind of a difficult time. I don't know if you've looked around in Joe Biden's America, but um, nothing is cheap. Yeah. And people are working paycheck to paycheck. So I understand that some people are like, I just, I, I can't give my money to all the places. So <laughs> I understand that. I, I do, I understand that. But I just think culturally, for the entire country to be able to have these conversations, we need as many people as possible, as many platforms as possible, pushing the message of conservatism so we don't lose the entire thing. You know, I had this uh, situation with my kids over the weekend uh, and they wanted to watch a movie and I went to try to find it and it was only on Paramount Plus. And I was like, I am not subscribing to another thing. Yeah, I was yeah. telling, gave, gave the kids the whole speech. And then they wore me down. And I kept <laughs> saying it. And they kept saying it. And they wanted to watch it. And I, finally, I just got sick of it. And I was like, all right, fine. And I went on there and I clicked it. And I clicked, you know, sign up. And I put my email address in. And it says, you already have an account. Like, I had one the whole time. I've already been paying for it. Who knew? <laughs> I mean, so that's just separately. You're right. There are a lot of things. It can get expensive. Yeah. Um, but, I mean, again, if you're going to give money to a company, you might as well mm-hmm. give money to a company that doesn't hate your guts. Exactly. Maybe cancel Disney+. Plus. There you go. If you're looking for some extra change to subscribe to, uh, you know, one of the conservative networks. Yeah, that's, that's a great a great option. Um, so tell me, what are you going to do about this? What's your plan going forward here? Well, I mean, we're kind of hamstrung by their rules of we can't upload for the next week. Um, on my channel. Nothing. So not, not about demonetize. They, they will not let any content, no even content. if you're talking, you know, about sports, nothing. they're not going to let anything on. Nothing. Nothing. We can't put anything on our YouTube channel for the next week. Um, obviously, we're going to, we're appealing it. We're fighting it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I mean, there's only so much that we can do. So Blaze has actually graciously offered to host um, the show on the Blaze TV platform for free. Oh, wow. Just while this strike is is going on. So people who were previously watching on YouTube can go over to BlazeTV.com and watch the show for free during this week. That's big. Okay, yes. so if, you want, if you've been waiting to check out Blaze TV, you can kind of see the format and everything, you can go there. Do you just go to normally Blaze TV and just go for That's what they tell me. That's what they tell me, okay. and the News and White Matters will be available on that platform for Give free. Give that a whirl. Yeah. Uh, if, you, you gotta, if you want to subscribe, it's uh, BlazeTV.com slash do. Promo code is stew, um, or Sarah, or there's probably 50 other promo codes too, <laughs> but whatever you want to use to yeah. save money, we, we appreciate you doing that. Um, and I, I think like you look at this and you say, where do we go from here? Because you're right. Like at some level, it is their website. And if they want to say, like if we want to, we wouldn't say we had to accept, um, you know, liberal content. You know what I mean? Like we, we don't. It's ours. We, right. we built the thing and we can protect it. That's why it's important we built it because we can keep it how we want to keep it. So they can say no, but like it would be nice if there were some sort of standards that were uh, available. Like, I mean, you're a professional broadcaster, right? Like you can 
talk about these things carefully if you knew how to be careful about them um, and still get your point across. Right. Yeah. I mean, look, I think that the the time is coming where we just have to, as conservatives, maybe Elon will be the alternative to this that just takes it to a bigger and better level. But as conservatives, we need to go to the people who have the money to invest and say, we really have to have something that just automatically rivals YouTube. Um, and maybe we need three of them, yeah. not one, right? But we need, and I know Elon is, is coming up with some new features for X that maybe it will rival YouTube and we won't have to worry about it. But the point is, is that people don't feel like they have a viable place to turn to and that's why they're going to YouTube. So I just think the more as conservatives we can pay attention uh, to the parallel economy and the importance of it in times like this, I think that we will be much better served. Mm. Well, the piece is up on theblaze.com. And, uh, you know, obviously you can go watch uh, Blaze TV and watch the free episodes and support Sarah however you can. I mean, if you can find it. Venmo me. Send her Bitcoin. (laughs) uh, (laughs) Doge. Whatever you want to do. Mama's got to eat. Mama's got to eat. And YouTube's trying to take away our food, and that's not right. Uh, Sarah, thanks, thanks so much for coming on. I'm sorry this is, you're going through this because it's, it's ridiculous and yeah. it's unfair. And I'm glad at least you have a way to push back against it. So many voices don't, though. Yeah. You know, the average person out there doesn't have Blaze TV to go put their stuff on. Right. Uh, maybe they will in the future. Who knows? Sarah, thanks for coming on the program. Thank you. All right. I mean, look, the parallel economy is a bunch of things. It's also it's talking about, um, you know, ways to get your voice out. We've seen, you know, we, we talked about Patriot Mobile. They do a great job with phone service. Uh, there's a bunch of different ways you can find a company that agrees with you. Um, one of the ways Glenn, I mean, Glenn was ahead of the curve on this by a long uh, distance because he started real estate agents I trust a long time ago. And he thought to himself, hey, I don't know, like the whole real estate process is really annoying. Uh, and I wind up finding terrible agents half the time when I'm doing this. How do people figure this out? And like, really, they don't is the answer. They like they know someone. They go on a website. They just try, they Google. They do what they can. But you need you need a service that will help screen through these people. Who gets the best results? Who are the people you can trust? Who are the best agents in your town? Realestateagentsitrust.com does this for you. You don't have to do it. Uh, it's it's free. It's a free service to you, and it's realestateagentsitrust.com. Check it out now. Whether you're buying a home or selling a home, you got to get the best price on both sides of that transaction, and you can do it with the agents at realestateagentsitrust.com. It's realestateagentsitrust.com. New CNN poll out and now another disaster. Biden's new low in, in strike again. Uh, Biden down over uh, against Trump 49 to 44 in a two way hypothetical matchup. Uh, this is uh, in Georgia. In Michigan, it's even worse, uh, which is surprising, honestly. 50 to 40. I mean, a 10 point. It's, I mean, it is going to be very hard to believe that either one of these candidates is going to win uh, Michigan by 10 points. But that's what these, this poll is saying right now. Trump's margin over Biden in the hypothetical matchup is actually boosted by support from voters who say they did not cast a ballot in 2020, with these voters breaking in Trump's favor by 26 points in Georgia and 40 points in Michigan. Now, that sounds like good news. I will say the problem with that is when you're running a campaign, anybody will tell you this that, that has done it before. It's hard to rely on voters who don't show up to presidential elections. They a lot of times say they're going to show up and then don't. 
if they're not, I mean, think about yourself. You voted probably every single presidential election for as long as you can remember. Would you ever miss one? I mean, maybe if you were, you know, had some personal tragedy, but it's like, generally speaking, you're going to show up to the polls at some point. These voters didn't show up. So you make some, it makes people a little skeptical about whether they're going to. If you're depending on them, that can be a problem. We will see how that takes shape. Uh, Wall Street Journal has another poll, another uh, new low. Biden's approval hitting another uh, new low down to, I think it's 37% in this poll. Uh, Trump lead, uh, leads him by four points, 47 to 43, and actually leads by more, six points, if you add in a bunch of third-party candidates. They, they add in five, which is RFK Jr., of course, Cornell West, who's running as an independent, Jill Stein, who's the Green Party nominee, I, I guess, at least she's speaking as if she is officially. I haven't followed their primary process too closely. Joe Manchin of No Labels, which is totally unofficial and not necessarily happening. And Lars Mapstead, who apparently is one of the libertarian candidates. I don't think he's won yet. I mean, I don't think they're, they're conventions until May, but they put him in there too. So we'll see how that goes. And Iowa has a new poll out. This is uh, from the Des Moines Register. This one's kind of seen as the gold standard poll for Iowa, if you care about such things. The poll shows a slight improvement for Ron DeSantis. He went from 16 to 19%, so that's good for Ron. What's not good for Ron is all these guys dropping out has actually empowered Trump to have even a higher percentage of the vote. He's up now 51 to 19 in Iowa. If that's anywhere close to the truth, uh, this, this you know, primary, largely speaking, in a normal context, would be over. Uh, you know, of course, Nikki Haley would say something about that in New Hampshire. She might have her voice there. And, of course, there's the secondary conversation that I think, you know, as I talked to Glenn on radio today, needs to be kind of separated out. Whether these things happen or not in Iowa and New Hampshire these candidates probably need to keep fighting for second place because you don't know what the, the deep state, if you will, will do to Donald Trump. They're trying to put him in prison. And if that happens, who knows what's going to happen with the Constitution or our country could be completely on fire. But you have to have a backup in this particular situation. Again, we'll keep watching these polls as we go and we will give you all the updates. Let me tell you about Grip6. They're a small company in Utah, and they sell in the United States and all over the world. But they don't source everything all over the world like so many companies do. They source their companies, or their products right here in America. Grip6 has great minimalist belts. Uh, they don't you know, jut out of your shirt. They've got awesome socks as well. Keep your feet seas warm in the cold. We're getting to that point uh, now where, like, you want to curl up. You want to like, be on the couch. You want put, to just put your foot out on a little stool and have you, you have the fire in the background. If you got that kind of life going on, you want those nice warm socks that goes along with that lifestyle. They're great. Uh, they also have great wallets. You know, they're fantastic. Also, I will say, if you're getting into the pickleball thing, great pickleball paddles. Uh, yeah, the, some of the best in the America made by Grip6. You're going to love this stuff, and you're going to love Grip6 as a company because they love this country just as much as you do. Grip6.com slash stew. Grip6.com slash stew. Use the promo code stew. You'll save 15%. It's Grip the number six dot com slash stew. Get 15% off with the promo code stew right now with Grip6. Vivek Ramaswamy, of course, presidential candidate, uh, was on a uh, X Spaces, you know, I guess Twitter Spaces is what we used to call it, X Spaces, uh, doing an event. You know, it's like audio-only chat, basically, if you've never used it before. Um, and uh, something relatively interesting uh, happened. Listen. It's promoting an optimistic, pro-human future that the science and evidence shows is real and that we need. Gentlemen, I have to yeah, go. Yeah, I, I, I just oh, want to yeah. be sort of, uh, yeah, exactly, I want to be clear about Steve, my position. I'm, su I'm super pro-human, and I mean all humans, uh, you know, humans in America, humans in Somebody's Africa, got their thing Asia. open. 
and everywhere else. Her, her phone open in the bathroom. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, Vivek. Vivek, that's that's your phone, Vivek. I'm not able to mute you. Vivek. Right, <laughs> Go ahead, Elon. Um, Sorry about that. So, um, <laughs> well, I hope you feel better. I now. feel great. Thank you. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> uh, I. <laughs> Okay, so he kept he kept the phone on. Now this, of course, reminded basically everybody I know of a moment back on a show I used to do called Pat and Stu with our own Pat Gray. We had a, uh, a, a Jeffy was on that show as well, uh, and uh, we had a little incident with Jeffy who walked off of set during one of the commercial breaks, and then we came back from break. I'm talking about it now. Yeah, do it. I dare you. Hey, was, do you know was the movie now? talk radio shot here too? Yeah, it was. Uh, Andrew Wilkow's here, by the way, uh, with us. Hi, Andrew. Uh, uh, Pat and Stu. With. Did we just hear Jeffy what? going to the bathroom? I know, I know my mic is on. Did you turn his off? <laughs> it's like the naked gun in real life. Didn't that happen to the naked gun in real life? Remember the naked gun oh, at the end of man. one of those movies? Where they, he's in there going, oh, yeah. And he's <laughs> I cannot, I still to this day cannot believe that happened. Jeff Fisher just tinkled live on the air. Man. <laughs> there was just a live yeah. tinkle. Thank you for keeping that potted up. <laughs> oh, we appreciate that. In the control room there. That was a, was a good move. Because that was a special moment that we just shared with Jeff. I literally Jeff cannot Fisher. believe that just happened. I will say, I think it was a good move because I don't know what else we did on that show. Andrew, I'm sure, was great, and Pat, and Pat was funny, and we did our thing, but no one would have remembered that show other than that moment. So uh, I appreciate them for keeping uh, the... Uh, look, when you go, you're doing an interview. A lot of people are doing this now. Not a lot of people... You know, I came up through the radio circles where you, you, were, you learned all these broadcasting rules. Now everyone's podcasting. No one remembers. No one knows any of this stuff. Just when you go to the bathroom, even if you think the microphone is off, unplug the thing. You got to unplug it. You got to take it off completely or you will have the same thing happen at some point in your life. And, you know, who wants to be Jeffy, I guess, is the uh, end of that story. Back in a second. So if you're looking for something to watch uh, over the holiday season, a great one to, uh, to choose would be The Blind, the true story of the Robertson family. I mean, we have so much to watch now, but honestly, like so much of it is junk. Why not watch an actually a good movie? It's available for purchase on Blaze TV. The Blind is the journey and story of Phil Robertson through his real life. Uh, lots of ups, ups and downs, uh, lots of uh, incredible tales. I mean, who would even believe it? it you know, they say it's a reality show. Uh, but honestly, like, it doesn't even seem like reality. He's had the craziest life of all time. The Blind uh, is a big, you know, Hollywood feature. It is uh, not a Blaze media production. We can't include it as part of your Bla a Blaze TV Plus subscription. But uh, we'd rather have it purchased uh, from us than maybe Apple or Amazon if you want to watch it when you should. Buy today at blazetv.com slash theblind, blazetv.com slash theblind. It's only $19.99, blazetv.com slash theblind. I also say, if you're looking for something to watch around, I don't know, let's say Christmas Day, you have 24 hours of a Christmas twist. Yes, 24 hours of the Christmas twist is available on youtube.com slash America. Now, it's available up there right now if you go, uh, as, it's like a pinned event. Uh, it's counting down to 24 straight hours of the stupid movie we made years ago that everyone seems to love. Christmas Day, 24 hours straight, youtube.com slash America. If you go there, you can like the pinned event right now on the YouTube page and share it with your friends and family. Get people in the holiday spirit, the very disturbing holiday story of a, a bunch of people who 
meet a very terrible demise, not to ruin the end. Um, it is, by the way, if you're a Christmas twist head, and I know there's a lot of you out there, streaming in 4K for the very first time. This is the, <laughs> yes, the first time it's ever streamed in 4K. If you wanted to see Jeffy in perfect resolution, you are very straight. You, there's the one scene where he's looking up uh, at, uh, at the camera and you can see a booger in his nose. You'll get that in 4K now. Uh, YouTube.com slash Studios America.